Episode 95 of the Drive-By Podcast is sponsored by Berchici.ca, the best of Italy, the finest in Italian products, delivered straight to your door, coast-to-coast in Canada, at Berchici. You'll see it underlined wherever you get this podcast, right below on the page, B-E-R-C-H-I-C-I.ca, Berchici. This is the Drive-By with Freeway Frank. Hey, what's going on? It's episode 95 of the Drive-By Podcast. I'm Freeway Frank. How you doing today? It is Tuesday, a couple days after the Oscars, uh, which uh, nobody watched. Well, like 16 million people watched, but the Oscars used to be massive. People woke up and then realized, I mean, really woke up, like they were awakened. I'm not talking about woke, which by the way is going to come up a little later on. It always does somehow. We get that in there because there's always something silly happening in the world today we have to poke fun of. So the Oscars, I didn't watch it. I can't watch the Oscars anymore. First of all, back in the day, the Oscars were a thing. Back in the day, it was it was fun to watch. Since last year's, first of all, I didn't even watch last year's, but since last year's slap in front of the entire world, Will Smith attacking Chris Rock, I was like, what's wrong with these freaking people? And then, of course having gone through what we did, that Hollywood is a whole bunch of bullshit anyway. Why even bother? Which is not surprising. Actually, the Oscars this year went went up slightly in the ratings, slightly. A tiny bit more watched this year than did last year or the year before, but they've been on the decline for a long time. The Oscars used to be absolutely massive. You know, besides the Super Bowl, it was the event of the year. To see only 16 million people watching it is... It's pathetic. It's sad. You know, it might get to the point where they're just going to do it and not even televise it anymore. Nobody will care. That's where we're headed, which would be an amazing thing. And the only thing I did see was my favorite part of the Oscars, which, you know, of course, every bleeding heart liberal freaked out about was Hugh Grant's reaction on the red carpet when an innocent reporter was asking him questions on the red carpet and the way he was acting. Now, was he a bit of a jerk? Yes. Was he a bit mean? Yes, but I don't blame him. Here's why I don't blame him. I think Hugh Grant has figured out the bullshit of the Oscars too and realized most of these questions, all of these questions he was being asked were superficial and it probably just hit him on the red carpet 40 years of doing this, 50 years, whatever. I don't know how old he is, but the BS that he participates in, so it probably hit him on the spot. And after a couple of these questions, he realized, what the hell am I doing here? And his, you know, in his very British way, he gave the answers he gave. And of course, everybody started to to freak out. I'm thinking if had the person not asked him these lame questions, he probably would not have reacted the way he did. But I think now a lot of these actors who realize they're in deep in the doo-doo of Hollywood and, and it's hitting them, you know, after all these years, that they're realizing they shouldn't even be there. So if he did anything wrong was, you know, why participate in the red carpet if you're going to be that miserable? But I don't blame him for being that miserable. So I'm going to play the clip here of what happened. And then, uh, well, yeah, then we'll we'll discuss. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Okay, so again, you have to understand the most questions asked on the red carpet 
are actually really bad. And most of the people interviewed, and I have to say, my former co-host uh, back in the day, Natasha, was one of the best at asking questions. Like, honestly, I, I used to watch her ask questions on the red carpet. I was like, that's a good question. That's another good question. That's a great question. But these questions, these questions are just, uh, it's just fluffy. And of course, he's going to react the way he reacts. Um, well, uh, <laughs> It's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, uh, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, it's Vanity Fair. See, so just him starting with the uh, uh like it's like again. It, it, where do you go with that question, right? Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? See again, there's no st substance, right? What are you most excited to see? Now you have Hugh Grant there. This is a guy who's been there f like forever in the Oscars. Ask him a question about Oscars back in the day, Oscars today. What has changed between the award shows back in the day, today, if anything? Ask him concrete questions. No, not, I mean, look, I mean, if you could see his face, he's completely bothered. Let's keep playing here. I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Are you excited to see anybody win? Are you excited to see anybody win? And again, these are all throwaway questions. Fluff that you hear radio, television hosts ask when they have no idea what the hell they're asking. Your hopes up for anyone? Um, not, not, no, no one in particular. Uh, no one in particular. Again, it's, it's not an answer you could come up with because, again, it's such a bad question and it doesn't even merit an answer. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight? Well, yeah, when all else fails... What are you wearing? And listen, listen to his answer. Uh, just my suit. <laughs> just, uh, just my suit. <laughs> I guess she's expecting to hear, you know, it's my Versace suit or my uh, whatever, whatever suit he's wearing. But no, it's just, just my, just my suit <laughs> covering my body. Your suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. You, you didn't make it. Um, I can't remember my tailor. That's okay. Yeah. I can't remember my tailor. Ta shout out to the tailor. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> she says shout out to the tailor. He can't remember. Uh, by the way, Hugh Grant would be a better, like a hundred times better host. I would watch. You know, when uh, Ricky Gervais is hosting, he's hilarious. I would watch Hugh Grant be miserable up on stage, taking miserable shots at people like a, a British old, old guy would in a pub. That I would watch. So now let's continue. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? So tell me, uh, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? Again, it's that the no substance. I did no research. I don't know what I'm talking about. Such an amazing film. It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. I'm <laughs> See, well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds as you grab. So wait a minute. Okay. So I understand he's being completely mean, bit of a jerk, but he's a funny jerk. And his all his answers are justified. Had I worked in my years in radio, by the way, and asked any of these dumb questions, 
they all merit a really a, an even more stupid answer. I don't blame him for his answers at all. Yeah, but still, you showed up and you had fun, right? He basically says he's been in it for about three seconds. <laughs> she says, now she's fighting it. Yeah, but still, but, but still, you were in it. You had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right, back to you guys. <laughs> he rolls his eyes and walks away. And then, and then Twitter goes absolutely. Absolutely freaking crazy. Absolutely the biggest, I'm telling you, the, this the biggest, the most woke, most fragile victims on Twitter start defending Ashley Graham, who asked these just these futile, asinine questions. So again, okay, look, I don't like when people are mean to other people. I'm all, all about positivity. But first of all, the, the Hollywood is fake. And the Oscars have become more fake than ever. Then you have some, at least if you're going to have somebody on the red carpet, as I said, prepare, do some research, know who you're talking to. Well, th th there was no effort put into that. I've watched some of the conversations I've had with some of the guests here on the drive-by to learn, right? And, and to see, did I like that? Did I like how I did that? The, the things I may not have liked is... You know, on the radio, you, you couldn't see me. Now you could see me. So the camera sees me asking the question. I always find that takes away a bit. I don't know why. Because you could see my expression. You could see their expression. But the radio, it's this like mystery, theater of the mind. That's the only thing for me. But the questions, I always say, yeah, that was a good question. That was a, Because it was real. They're all real questions. But that, there's not one question that she asked that was a good question. So you're wondering, she's getting paid to ask these questions? This is what, or... They just hire her, and then this is what she comes up with, and they're okay with it. I mean, it's insane to me that a producer, especially a field producer, somebody who'd be there with her, uh, anyone, the content person, uh, program manager, director, that would not say, okay, well, what are you going to ask? If Hugh, Hugh Grant comes up, what are you going to ask? <laughs> These are the questions you're going to ask, especially Hugh Grant, unless they want him to react that way, sending him up to be a jerk because the questions are so bad. Ask him, like, really bad questions. Ask him five really lame questions. Unfortunately, I don't think that's that was the method to their madness. I really think that's what they're all about because all the questions. I was following this woman, <laughs> some call journalist, okay, whatever. Anyone could be a journalist at that point, and we know anyone can. And all her questions were like that along those lines. So I don't know if she was getting tired, more tired as the red carpet was moving along, but that's your job, and you need to hit it out of the ballpark. So I, I read this interesting article that, you know, just had my um, had my underwear in knots. Uh, I remember I had an ex-girlfriend uh, back when I was in my 20s. Sarah, she was from Whitstable, England, and had this beautiful accent I fell in love with, speaking of Hugh Grant. And she had this uh, great, she always used to say, are your uh, knickers in a twist, she used to say. In other words, am I getting uptight, uh, upset about, yeah, this, uh, this upsets me. It's it's people who say, and I've read a lot of articles and a lot of a lot of tweets lately about this, that woke is is a word that's being overused. You remember about a year, year and a half ago, they did the same thing. Left-wingers, liberals did the same thing with the word freedom, saying how misused freedom, the word freedom has become, and how freedom is now a dangerous word. And now they're saying woke is a dangerous word, mostly used by alt-writers. The misuse of the word woke. They're saying that it's actually a good word. Like, to be woke is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with being woke because it means being inclusive. 
So let's check out the meaning of the word woke. According to Wikipedia here, I wanted to, to look it up. And it says it's an adjective derived from African-American vernacular English, meaning alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. So that's the, the true meaning of the word woke. The phrase stay woke actually emerged back in the 1930s, and it always referred to social and political issues affecting African-Americans. Now, we know that it no longer means that. But now, the, the word woke means something completely different. So if we were to look it up and look up the Merriam Dictionary version of the definition. Now, this is more like it right here. Aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially those of racial and social injustice. Often used in contexts that suggest someone's expressed beliefs about such matters and not backed with genuine concern or action. The national conservatives view today's liberals as woke culture warriors. Warriors who pose as an existential threat to the nation and its traditions. So yeah, that's basically where I'm at here. And look, I'm all for inclusivity. I wanted to make this clear because a couple of podcasts, several things came up. If woke means just being aware that this particular group has struggled and we're being inclusive i'm all for it i always said but when it comes at the expense of something else and in this case it's women and women's rights to me it's not a good thing and so when leagues like i was mentioning the nhl the nfl the nba all become woke and they're pandering to this very small percentage but very loud minority, and they're changing all these things. And in schools, you know, the uh, academia, everything is changing to accommodate that we're going to put up the, we're going to take down the Canadian flag, we're going to put up the rainbow flag, we're going to take down the cross, we're going to put up this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. To me, then it becomes an out-of-control movement, which I think it's become. It's no longer has the meaning that it was intended to have back in the 1930s when it came to race and social injustice. I, I get that. I get it. Now it's just, it's something completely different. Now it's, you better kneel, and if you don't kneel and show us that you're part of this, well, then you're against us, and if you're against us, you're racist. And when you have leaders, including our prime minister in Canada, who immediately turns to racism for anything that he's trying to sell, right, to the public, and if you don't buy it, well, then you're racist, and if you're questioning Chinese interference, then you're racist, and it never ends. It's just crazy to me. Reading these articles really got me upset recently because it's like now they're they're pushing that. They're pushing the whole, they've hijacked the word freedom. They've hijacked the word woke. These are bad people. These are people with very bad thoughts. And they belong to a particular group. And that's the alt-right. Oh, over it. So over it. <laughs> it, just, it just kills me. Makes me laugh. Hey, this episode of the Drive-By Podcast, number 95, is brought to you by Berchici.ca. The best of Italy, delivered straight to your door. The most unbelievable olive oils. I'm talking about beautiful olive oils. By the way, you should spend a little bit more on olive oil. The less expensive olive oils, not, not so good. Spend a little bit more. And they have it. That's the thing. They have the inexpensive olive oils at Berchici, and then they have the... Mid-range and very expensive olive oils. I recommend, you know, for your salads, when you're cooking, not, not as big a deal. But when you're you're making a nice salad, you need a top-notch olive oil. They got them all. Marinated this, marinated that. Beverages that come straight from Italy. Biscottis and coffees and how do I put it? It's the Italian superstore. 
It's berkichi.ca, B-E-R-C-H-I-C-C-I dot C-A. Order like you're ordering anything else online and don't even worry about it. Have them deliver it straight to your home. I was having this conversation with my wife and it, and it dawned on me that, has this ever happened to you? I know it happens to a lot of people. You've thought something was a certain way or a phrase was the way you've always interpreted it. Like uh, the, the one I always say to people is, you know how when you were younger, you thought they were saying, well, maybe, maybe not you, but I thought they were saying windshield factor instead of windshield factor when talking about the temp, when, when cold weather is factored in. Some people still think it's windshield factor. Like what's the factor of the windshield when it's, when it's cold? No, it's the wind chill factor. And so stuff like that, that you always thought meant one thing, and then you misheard it for life. Like, oh, oh, that's what it means? I was talking with my wife. We were chatting. We were watching um, Perfect Match. Have you seen this uh, gong show? I, I don't know why I watch these shows sometimes because it, it takes my mind off of things, and it's like brainless activity. Uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, hot girls, hot men. They all get together. They, they, they hook up, and then they see if they have the perfect match at the end, and, and then hopefully... Um, end up being together, which none of them ever end up being together. They all break up at some point. And all these these people, all these personalities on these shows are from former shows. So on Perfect Match, you got people from The Mole. You got like Dom was on The Mole. I think Bill was on The Mole. Then you got uh, people who are on The Circle, like Joey, and, and, and people who are on all these... All these other shows, and they bring them all together. Basically, it's it's a gong fest. It's it's really messed up people all hooking up in a mansion. And uh, what could happen? I mean, God only knows. Somehow the conversation Butterface came up, and I was saying, so Butterface is what it means is everything is is good on her, but her face, right? But I used to think I was. I told my my wife goes, you know what that means, right? And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, Butterface. She goes, well, what does it mean? Uh, so embarrassed to say this, but I was like, oh, butterface. It means like when you're spreading butter, the way butter looks when butter is on a, a tray, it looks like, you know, it's a bumpy and it's, it's like when you're spreading it, it looks like, no, my wife's like, no, no, that's a butterface means everything's good. Her body, she's hot, but her face, everything good, but her face. You're just finding that out now. So of course I feel like an idiot. But I was like, no, but I think it also means like butterface. Like her her face is, she has an ugly face. She goes, yeah, she has an ugly face. Everything's good, but her face, but her face. I'm like, okay, I get it, Steph. I get it, I get it. Maybe she had a lot of acne at some point, like crater face. No, Steph's like, okay, Frank, give it up. That's not what I mean. So, so I realized that for a lifetime, I thought butterface meant something completely different than but her face. So I'm asking you now, to throw it back at me. And to be honest, what are things you're just finding out now, like me? <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Look, I share my honesty on this podcast. What have you found out recently that you always thought was a saying that was a certain thing, and now you're like, oh my, oh, all these years I messed it up. And now you're just finding out, and it's embarrassing when somebody tells you. Not as bad when it's your partner telling you that, but when you're in public, if that happened to me in public, it would have been embarrassed. Or on the radio, a couple of times I remember in the past I had, you know, my co-host or me tell my co-host or vice versa, say things to them and they're like, no, that's what it means. They're like, really? I thought that's what, it's embarrassing, but at least it's honest. So let me let me know at Freeway Frank on Instagram or Twitter, send me a DM of something you will admit you thought 
and you just found out recently that you've been saying it wrong or understanding it wrong forever. And then maybe I'll read some of those to begin the next podcast. I am convinced that people don't read or watch full videos, uh, convinced that people don't do research or really understand what they're commenting on on social media sometimes. I put a post up today. You know, I, I watched this video, basically, and you could go on my Instagram and see it. I watched this video, and the video is of a tree cutter. And this gentleman is cutting a massive tree. It's got to be like a 200-year-old tree in front of somebody's house. So obviously, he's a qualified professional. And the tree goes the wrong way and ends up smashing, landing right into the house. On the roof of the house, you see the studs flying, and it crashes pretty much right through and into their living room and kitchen. Uh, Could possibly have killed somebody. Thankfully, did not kill anybody. So I put this video up and I say, guys, I have a qualified tree cutter. If you need some cleaning up to do cheap rates, DM me. I actually get three messages from people looking for a tree cutter and saying, yeah, send it my way. So they want me to send them and give them the contact of uh, a tree cutter, uh, basically cutting the tree the wrong way and landing and basically destroying somebody's house. And uh, yeah, Frank, please send me that information. I, I do need a tree cutter. So I'm thinking to myself, the video... It's clear. It's clear on my Instagram story. It's clear as day that the tree is falling on the house. So I had to play it back a few times because I started to think to myself, but is it me or are people losing their mind? So I play it back and the tree is almost instantly moving towards the house from the time you get to the story. Literally, I think someone would have to have pushed it, you know, because if you push the story, it pauses, looked at what I wrote and then continued on to the next story without watching the tree fall, but it's almost impossible and smash into the house. So if you get a chance, do it. If it's still there on my Instagram story, I'll leave it there for the next 24 hours. And you can see what I'm talking about. It's absolutely ridiculous. So that's why I'm convinced that people are commenting and reacting to things, whatever it is you're putting up on social media, without seeing or reading what you're talking about or doing their own research if they have to, which is really scary. And it's as I said, this is not one. It's, it's not two. It's three people so far, and I'm only two hours into having posted this um, video. This scares me. (laughs) It scares me that people are passive watchers and they're not paying attention. This is nothing. It's just a video I put up. But what other things are you not paying attention to? People could scam you easily when you're not paying attention. You could get into an accident when you're not paying attention. You could seriously maim yourself when you're not paying attention. You need to pay attention. Public service announcement by the drive-by and freeway Frank. And episode 95, which I hope you enjoyed today, the Tuesday edition. I'll be back with Thursday. Reach me anytime here at Freeway Frank. You could do that on Instagram or Twitter. Please give it five stars on Spotify or Apple. Review and comment anytime. This episode has been brought to you by Berchichi.ca, B-E-R-C-H-I-C-I.ca. Order the finest in Italian products straight to your home, beautiful pastas. Just go to their online store and order like you would any other product. You know how people order products nowadays and they want it delivered the next day and they want it by Friday and they want it by the weekend. Why not with food? 
You can order the entire store, like going through the aisles, but instead going through the sections on their online store at berkichi.ca and ordering everything you want, putting it into your shopping cart, your virtual shopping cart, and then, of course, paying for it and having it delivered straight to your home anywhere in Canada. That's what Berkichi is all about. Viva Italia! Order online today at berkichi.ca. Really appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you again in a couple of days. Ciao for now. The drive.